Hey everyone, welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. I'm your host, Junior Bindu, along with Anthony Toma, my co-host. And today we are bringing on Yolanda Charles, who is uh, looking to shoot for the 17th district seat for county commission. Uh, we're here to give her a hand just to see what she can offer to the community that most of you stay in. And uh, we want to give her a warm welcome and let her know what she's got to offer for the public. How are you today, Yolanda? I'm doing well, thank good. you. Awesome to have you here Thanks today. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Thank you. Thank you. And Anthony, it's good to have you back and see us uh, back on the on the set yeah, together. So feels good. We've uh, had a little uh, COVID timeout right now, so back into the uh, spring of things. So Yolanda, let's talk a bit about who Yolanda Charles is first. Where have you been um, in, in, in the community and where forward progress is gonna be? Thank you. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the city of Southfield. I've been there since I was about three years old. I like mm -hmm. to tell people I was born in Detroit and mm -hmm. raised in Southfield. Sure, yeah. And so uh, my grandparents, the Norwoods, were one of the first families to move into, African-American families, to move into the city of Southfield. Wow. Okay. My mom, in fact, uh, was one of the first five African-American students at Southfield High School when you know the school was still very, very new. Sure. And so I grew up in a household that really believed in community engagement, mm -hmm. really felt it was important to, at the very bare minimum, at least vote, yep. but um, to even take it further by advocating for candidates, mm -hmm. you know, signs in yards, uh, just encouraging people to participate in the process. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I graduated from Southfield Public Schools. I went there pre-K through 12. Okay. And after leaving Southfield High, I went on to Hampton University in Virginia, where I got my bachelor's in business management. Nice. With an emphasis in, in uh, informational uh, technology and so mm -hmm. with that I have always had a passion for uh, technology in fact I tease folks and say like I was the a girl who actually liked Radio Shack um, mm -hmm. for those of us old enough to remember <laughs> Radio Shack but um, I would love you know the little toys the RC cars things sure. like that so those were you know little fabrics of me who mm -hmm. has been able to maintain uh, as I've gotten into my adult life and so after Hampton I actually came back and started teaching at in Southfield Public Schools, so okay. very full circle. Sure. And when I, um, I was subbing as a, a substitute teacher, a long term, in other words, I would have a classroom for three, four, five months, okay. as opposed to, you know, just one day. Yeah. And I developed a lot of relationships in the school district, but uniquely in 2007, uh, the school district decided to privatize secretaries. And for those in the community who may or may not know about privatization, sure. it's about uh, where you outsource, it's basically a, mm -hmm nice term for outsourcing. Mm -hmm. And so the secretaries, uh, excuse me, the substitute teachers were outsourced. And I was pink slipped. And Gosh. I was, you know, pretty bummed. But yeah. in hindsight, I was like, I really <laughs> needed to be pink slipped. I, I, I had too much skill um, to just be doing substitute teaching. Sure. So I looked at it as a gift. You know, sometimes the good Lord closes a door and opens windows. Correct. And so, um, needless to say, I pink slipped and uh, couple years later decided to run for the Southfield Board of Education based on that. And so I was successful in that in 2011. Sure. Um, so that's pretty much my, my backstory. So I've been on the Southfield Board of Education since 2011. Mm -hmm. I actually ran as a write-in, if you can believe it, my first time. Um, Are you and still? I, 
I'm still oh. on the board. Oh, wow. Yes. And in fact, um, I won <coughs> in 2010 with 104 write-ins. Mm -hmm. And that's a very important piece to me because sure. it just lets you know that every little bit counts. And mm -hmm. so I've been serving in that capacity. Uh, I was board president for a couple of years, uh, secretary, vice president, and treasurer. So nice. I feel very, wow. very um, confident that I've learned all of the roles uh, with the Board of Education. So. What's, what's some of the day-to-day the -day stuff you do as being on the board uh, for education, especially with the fact that we're running into such a crunch on education right now? Yeah, so I'm very grateful for what we do with the board. It's important because people will come up to me in the community and they're like, where's your office? You know, yeah. where's your office on the district? And I'm like, you know, in Southfield Public Schools, I can't speak about other districts. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't have an office. There's no district car or district <laughs> phone. Uh, okay. You do get an email address <laughs> um, and the occasional um, chicken meal, you know, yeah. sandwich or something. But um, what we are all about is policy, budget, and hire, fire, evaluating the superintendent. So the okay. superintendents are one employee. Uh, we find ourselves in trouble as school board members when we start asking staff and, you know, teachers about what's going on. We, mm -hmm. we try to stick with just our one employee, our superintendent. Mm -hmm. We've got a rock star superintendent right now in Southfield. Um, I do want to make sure, though, I say Southfield Public Schools. Uh, people in my community know Southfield Public Schools also includes Lathrop Village. Yeah. So when I run or when we advocate for public schools, you know, it's the city of Southfield and the city of Lathrop Village. I don't want right. them to what feel are these? left out. So, um, yeah, I can name, and we've, since 1980s, we've lot, you know, we've closed a lot of buildings, yeah. but we still have Kennedy Learning Center, mm -hmm. which is working with our most severely in, um, in need students. So mm -hmm. they may, you know, they may have severe uh, medical things that are happening to them that they need um, sure. more structure. So Kennedy Learning Center on Mount Vernon is doing great things there. Obviously our comprehensive high school, um, Southfield High School for the Arts and Technology. Mm -hmm. um, and then of course we've got our, our K-5s, our K-8s. We have a wonderful Head Start program. Mm -hmm. The director over there and her staff are doing amazing things, um, working with young people under the age of five sure. to make sure, you know, the state of Michigan has very stringent requirements on reading. They want students to be able to read at a certain level by the third grade, and if they are not able to, uh, school districts are penalized, sure. um, you, you know, and that can come in the form of financial penalization as well as uh, just the state sending people in mm -hmm. to make decisions that should be made at the local level. Yeah. Um, so those are just some of our schools, but we've got um, University High School that I'll finish with saying, uh, which is um, just leading the way in the state. Mm -hmm. um, we're in the top 20 in the state. Um, I would venture top 50 in the country wow. um, in terms of uh, educating students and then we are a great feeder program of African-American students into the University of Michigan like Beautiful. they look at us for um, being able to be that pipeline for them Good. so we are nice, um, nice. excited to add that diversity to to the school a little question just because of the uh, nostalgic uh, moments I've had with this school but what what happened to Lathrop uh, Southfield Lathrop like it was such a huge and it was very diverse. Yeah. And it was really cool because they named each wing after a particular culture. I don't know if you ever remember that. There was A wing, B wing, yeah. C wing. So each one of them named it after a different D -wing, culture. D wing, I remember. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. So what? And it sounds like it's alphabetical, but it's not because there was a J wing. Yeah. They threw the J wing in there. So. I gotcha. <laughs> That's actually but good. What, what ended up? Yeah. Like yeah. What? So um, in 2016, roughly, mm -hmm. we 
decided to merge our two high schools. So that was uh, okay. the one on, on Lasser and the one on 12 Mile. Okay. And um, although very unpopular, um, mm -hmm. it polls very poorly, but um, it was called Imagine 2020. Okay. And it's ironic that we are here now in 2020, but it was, uh, the vision was to basically just shore up our resources so that, I mean, we had some buildings at 30 and 40% occupancy. And we were talking about heating and cooling yeah. and, and it's a smart service. economic move. I mean, they did it in Bloomfield Hills as oh, well, yeah. you know, yeah. so they do it. It's, it's not, yeah. they do it all, all the time. And it's definitely a polarizing topic. I mm -hmm. mean, I'm an alum. I have alum friends, mm -hmm. um, you know, people who've gone before and after, and all of them seem to be just fine with the merger. Sure. It was actually parents of the students who were in the building at the time yeah, that course. were really it's fighting back. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, so fast forwarding though, what we ended up doing, and the board was very adamant about this, I was one of the people who I, I'd like to say was championing it, mm -hmm. but we didn't want Lathrop, the city of Lathrop, because even my mom, bless her, would always say Southfield Lathrop as though it was the city of Southfield Lathrop. And I, I was like, you know, people in Tampa get mad when people call it Tampa Bay because yeah. it's actually called, you know, the city of Tampa. Mm -hmm. So we decided instead of taking the marquee down that said Lathrop, mm -hmm. we decided to make it University High School Academy at the Lathrop campus. Gotcha. Because it was, you know, very important for our community members in Lathrop to know that they still had our, our, our sure. support and that we were still very supportive of them. And so um, that's the story. And the beautiful part about it is we had enough students in our university high program, mm -hmm. in our middle school, in our K-8, to be able to fill that building mm -hmm. without having to uh, basically abandon it and make it a vacant building. So I think residents are happy that it's not vacated. That's nice. nice. What's the... Uh getting back to school plan if there is one if, if the governor allows us to get back to school yeah so we just had a meeting on Tuesday um, community members were very anxious to find out where the direction of the school district was going and so uh, superintendent who's actually on the governor's round table of you know leaders movers and shakers in education mm -hmm. and as a result um, she was able to be at the table. I always tell people you're either at the table or on the table. Sure. And so thankfully our superintendent was at the table helping to make decisions. And um, so the decision that came out on Tuesday was to open in September um, on our normal day but virtually. So they won't be face to face. Um, the way she looked at it, it was where we're basically still phase three, phase four. Yeah. And according to that chart, um, it dictates virtual but she is um, and you know we're fully in support of it where each month we're gonna go back and recalibrate okay so if um, a month from now yeah we're at like phase four then we can do um, kind of a hybrid yeah. model where some students will go to you know face to face some will do virtual mm -hmm. um, and so when we get a little bit further in our conversation when we talk about uh, yep. infrastructure I yep. do want to mention you know some things about how important it is for sure. us virtually sure just what do you do about uh, families that that don't have the virtual capability yeah I mean that is definitely still uh, a major concern um, our superintendent thankfully has been able to garner tons of grants mm. as well as um, commitments from nonprofits and other mm -hmm. community liaisons to help shore it up so fortunately right now our district is one-to-one -one in terms of technology, so we have a Chrome, one Chromebook per every student. Wow, okay. um, and that was an investment made over the last five years, not even knowing we would be in this oh, wow. predicament. That's that's and so awesome. that's that's one beautiful thing. But um, 
you know, it still requires that wireless type. Yeah, you know, yeah, wireless. Yeah, still need internet. So. I, what I understood, some cities are working with the uh, major, um, uh, the major providers, Comcast, Xfinity, and whatever's in the area, yeah. to try to see if they can um, work a free Wi-Fi program. Yes. For that, so Xfinity has been really, really strong in that. I have to shout them out. I know we all have a checklist of things we can't stand about them, <laughs> but uh, th in that regard, uh, they are great partners. <coughs> yeah. Guess who we can't live without? Though. I know. Yeah. Xfinity. Yeah. Yeah. And go Wi-Fi. Figure. So let's get into your campaign. Yeah. What is what is what are the duties of a county commissioner? Right. So I am Yolanda Charles running for Oakland County Commissioner in the District 17. And uh, it's important to know that the county commissioner is basically the legislative body for the county. And so most people have a familiarity with Congress, mm -hmm. um, familiarity with uh, state reps and um, folks like that. And so each county will also have a board, and so ours is called a board of commissioners. Okay. And um, we have, we used to have upwards of 24 with 2010's uh, census, you know, those that data changed, which is another plug for the census, make sure mm -hmm. people are uh, taking oh, that yeah, seriously. Yeah, we've been pushing for that. How yeah, do do absolutely. And so, um, episode on the census. That's great. To push people to get, yeah. get uh, voting in census. I never looked at them together thing. like that until this we, year. We didn't yeah. believe it. Or not. We didn't either. So yeah. mm -hmm. some of the stuff that we're seeing from, um, you know, the, you guys running for your campaigns and people, but on we're understanding more the importance of what's needed behind the scenes. Oh yeah. You got to be counted. Yeah. You do. Yeah. You do. Yeah. So what the county commissioners do, particularly mm -hmm. in Oakland County, is they are completely over policy. So you know, I'll share people you know if there's a noise ordinance or um, a, um, what do you call it? not pollution ordinance but um, like litter and waste okay, and things okay. like that yep. protecting our lakes in the county yep. um, you know making sure that the roads are, are funded properly um, everything A to Z policy wise that's what's going to come out of the county um, then outside of that they are going to approve the budget so our executive whoever that might be come uh, let's say January would put forth a budget and then the county commissioners would um, decide if that budget was appropriate and they would approve that. And then finally, they're basically just the, um, the representative. So some people might call that a delegate um, to the community as far as what decisions need to be made. So it gives each segment of the county a voice at the table, um, whereas without, they wouldn't have that so much. So that is the role of the commissioner. Where does the commissioner's yeah. land in the the tree of political seats. Right, so I would think um, when we look at it in terms of tiers, you've got federal, state, local. Mm -hmm. um, we would be right in that fine space between local and state. So um, you've got local representatives such as your city council, you know, your mayors, things like that. And then I think of state as, you know, obviously state house and state senate. So when, for example, federal government sends money to the state of Michigan to help cities, mm -hmm. they usually put that money through the counties. So gotcha. that's how it's uh, rolled out. With the most recent, I believe it was PPP, mm -hmm. um, yep. for, for small business and stuff like that, yep. um, that did not come from you, your state houses and state Congress. It actually was rolled through your county. Oh, really? Um, so another big thing that most people overlook is uh, county health. So right now with mm -hmm. COVID-19 going around, um, the county is really going to be your main source of uh, qualified information um, because they're getting that directly from the CDC and other places like that. Okay. Um, so it's important and, and that's kind of where I'm seeing some 
opportunities. You know, Anthony, we talked a little bit about where are some of the gaps with the current leadership. And so that would be an example where, you know, it's month seven going mm -hmm. on month eight. No, it's month eight yeah. of the year now yeah. that I think about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, Today's the day. And, and we've, I mean, I, and I live with two other adults who are residents, have yet to, to get anything from our current elected official at the county in District 17 um, to, to set our souls at ease, you know, about what's all going on. So it's, it's low-hanging fruit as far as I'm concerned. A newsletter, um, an Instagram account where you can keep people posted on what's yep. going on. Um, and so that, that is one of the reasons I'm running is to make sure that the people in District 17 are aware of resources that are coming out of the county. Sure. I've already talked about health and small business support. Mm -hmm. And right now those are probably the two top things people are, are seeking. So um, education-wise, we won't really get into that. Um, and that's one of the reasons why, as a county commissioner, you could technically still be a school board member. Okay. Um, there's some oh. people in o Oakland County who have done that. Um, South Public Schools is so dynamic that that would not be something for me to hold both of those seats. Okay. I, I would really want someone to have 100% focus on the school district. Mm -hmm. um, but that is wise because there's no real overlap there. Um, but they can always lean on you for Oh, absolutely. And, support, and right? to advocate as well because sometimes um, there are grants and other um, pieces of information that might be helpful for schools. I want what is District 17? What is that? Great question. Thank you. I wanted to make sure to articulate that. Okay. Um, District 17 comprises three cities. Um, two of them is just half the cities. So that's Oak Park, where I'm uh, planning to represent Coolidge to Greenfield, mm -hmm. and then uh, Southfield, which would be Evergreen, to, uh, yeah, Evergreen to Greenfield. So now we've got that mm -hmm. whole situation. Um, and then it goes up to 13, so 8 to 13 roughly. But, you know, they could make it easy. Once you get back over Greenfield, then it's actually up to 11. So I represent a portion of Oak Park, a portion of Southfield, and then the entire city of Lathrop Village is tucked away gotcha. neatly. All right. You know, and I want to just touch just real quick on that so people understand. You're running currently as Democrat. Democrats, Republicans, you're going to be in this section. There's a possible Republican can be in that next section. So at the end of the day, what people need to understand, you guys are going to end up working together at some point, right? right? There's a point that you're going to cross paths. You still have to share work together. There still has to be a common good. No matter what beliefs are on one side to the other, you still are going to have your, your, your dealings that are going to be dealt. So in regards to that, you are looking to be a people person. You are here to take care of the people. Right. That's what your district is looking to, to bring up. You know, So those cities, they've come a long way. You have worked with um, um, the African-American community heavily, but you also have touched our community as well that's been heavily invested in that area, both right. in schools and in there. Um, so, so for some of us, we may need to lean on it still, right? Because we do deal with still living in Southfield yeah. and other parts of the, you know, Oak Park still, we still deal with this. So. so that was important to me. And one of the reasons I was excited to chat with you guys is because, um, and uh, my, my dear friend and colleague, Sally, um, when I spoke to her and I said, I don't want to pander to Chaldeans. No. I feel like in our society, particularly this year, People are more inclined to want to know about others' um, history and, sure. and what, what foundations they have. Mm -hmm. When I think about going to Thompson Middle School back in the mid-90s, yeah. um, you know, we were a very big mixing pot. I really appreciated yep. that. And I had friends who, you know, were considered Arab, were mm -hmm. considered Chaldean, mm -hmm. and we didn't even understand at that time even <laughs> the, right. the, the real distinction. And, we didn't. Um, 
We didn't either believe it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some and, and then we get into the Christianity piece, mm -hmm. and it's mm -hmm. just important that we all have conversation and tear down some of those barriers yes. um, where you feel uncomfortable asking. Yep. You, and like I said, I was like, I don't want to sound like I'm pandering, but I really want an opportunity to learn from a community as well as be able to shed like um, yep. my light onto the community. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why I feel like uh, Lathrop and Southfield and even portions of Oak Park really are a, a wonderful mixing bowl mm -hmm. of different folks who are getting along and cooperating yep. um, as neighbors. So thank yep. you. And I'm glad I thank you too for making that statement because when Anthony put a, um, uh, uh, a person in campaign running uh, last week, um, you had posted that he was not Chaldean. We've mm -hmm. also had um, another look, person looking to run for prosecutor. Somebody side messaged and asked that. And I'm glad that he did that. They said, we thought this is a Chaldean show. I said, you must not have been paying attention to the other episodes. <laughs> right. then. This isn't a Chaldean show just based on that. We have a lot invested with your community, and you have a lot invested with our community. Yes. You know, It works both ways. People don't understand that. You know, We did a lot from Detroit on down. But the point about what you said is we still have to learn a lot more about your culture, and you still have to learn a lot more about our culture because yes. we only knew just like, I'm your friend. That's all we just, okay, we came to eat at each other's house. Right. But what's our history? Right. Where did we come from? You know, where have we all gone through our own persecutions or problems and, and, and racism and all that? The issue we have as Chaldeans is we are not known as, recognized as minorities mm -hmm. um, because of the fact that uh, we, we're, we're, we have multiple segments of, of, of our race. So because of that, we have fought for tooth and nail to do what we have to do through our own hustles and grind and working. But we're now coming to the point where we may have to come, like you said, and say, hey, I don't have some of the benefits that our family members have, but I do need a loan through the county or somehow to get me through this PPE and stuff, or right. PPP. People didn't have that. Some people didn't have that opportunity to do that because they didn't know the know-hows or, or right. you know, the, so resources weren't there. So is that what you would bring to the table? Yes, and, and you know, an old adage about it takes a village. I yes. mean, we mm -hmm. can only get so far leaning on just one um, you know, table leg. Yep. Um, we have to have multiple. And so for me, that's why it was like, yes, I absolutely want to come chat, but even beyond the chat, um, look for ways to partner and yep. to, you know, continue the conversation. Um, there's a lot of things that people admire about your, your history and about your culture. Um, you know, that family element that you have, you know, African Americans, we're big on family too. And I feel like that's some of the, you know, entry point to being able mm -hmm. to have camaraderie. Um, it's easier to get along when you when you understand where people are coming from. Mm -hmm. um, I know that in the community, people feel like you know certain ethnicities are always running businesses or yep. you know involved in this way. How can we bridge the gap, partner, and come up with professional development opportunities sure. to help others? Um, so without chatting, you really don't have that exposure. True. So true. They, I appreciate they, being here. They say a bundle of sticks is harder to break than a single stick. So if we can turn to a bundle of sticks and work within our communities, then we can't be touched. Like Absolutely. all of us, meaning as a whole. Mm -hmm. So Yolanda, if you walk into, which I, I feel you have um, our blessings, but it, um, seeing you on the um, 17th District <laughs> right. County Commission, current problems that you are going to fix that the current administration is not doing, what is that and how do you look to move forward with making it better? So I'm big on advocacy. It's been my, the trumpet that I've, you know, touted the last going on 10 years is mm -hmm. about advocacy. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's 
really all it requires. Um, so for me, I'm not seeing the level of advocacy and the level of engagement that I feel could easily be had at the county commission level. I look around the state, I look around the county, the state, as well as the country for good examples of what a, a you know, a strong, forward-thinking county commissioner could bring, and I'm seeing great examples. Um, we have a, a wonderful county commissioner who represents the city of Pontiac right now here in Oakland County. And then um, there's a, num a number of folks I can think of um, in like Colorado, portions of like Montana, different states like that, mm -hmm. where they're going beyond just showing up at meetings. Sure. You know, they're engaged with their, their constituents in different ways. Um, they're maybe even doing recognitions, you know. Mm -hmm. So perhaps there's a nonprofit and a for-profit each month I'd like to recognize. Um, and then at the end of the year, have some kind of um, gala where perhaps we raise money for a particular cause that's important to the Good. to the constituents in District 17. So again, I just feel like there's so much um, a, um, opportunity uh, to really be a leader um, at the county level for your particular district, mm -hmm. and it's like I said, low hanging fruit requires very little in terms of funding. Mm -hmm. um, again, I mentioned IG, um, Facebook, these things like that, sure. which can provide um, uh, engagement with people um, whenever they're ready for the engagement. Yep. So I'm looking to really bolster that in the digital space. My yep. um, seniors are also important to me. Mm -hmm. uh, I think now, if nothing else, we really been it's been exposed how our seniors are disenfranchised and no one's really shouting out and looking for them, looking out for them. Yep. Um, when we think about the um, nursing homes and the, the, the facilities that they're in, um, we've got to do better as a society because my goal is to one day become a 70-year-old perhaps or an 80-year-old yeah. and it would just be so devastating to think that I would be left just hanging you know sure. um, so whatever we can do now while we're young and spry yeah. yeah to make sure that you know we put some supports in there that you know policy wise that are going to protect our seniors mm -hmm. um, that's that's big for me yeah. um, why is it do you think that the uh, current administration leaves these low-hanging fruits still on the vine? Um, well, I dare not say generational because I know a lot of folks, 60-plus, um, who are very technical. You know, mm -hmm. they can download, scan, yep. send, whatever. So I'm sad to say that I think it's a little bit of complacency. Mm -hmm. um, our current uh, county commissioner in District 17 has been in the job um, since about 2009, 2010. Mm -hmm. And again, I feel it's important that we encourage our elected leaders to engage us, not just when it's time for Correct. you know the ballot city polls. Mm -hmm. yep. So um, I do, I think it's really boils down to complacency. Our uh, last guest, uh, Gabby, um, said that he believes that politicians should be in the seat and then out of the seat. So they go back to their regular lives. So they come from the community, they serve their time, they make a change, and then they go back. Do you, are you looking to be a career politician or are you looking to make a, make a difference? Right, so I definitely want to make a difference. And the, the part, it's one of those uh, gray areas like, am I pro-term limits, am I anti-term limits? Mm -hmm. Because we've seen some, some tragic examples of term limits at the state level where mm -hmm. folks are there for two terms 
they gut education, you know, mm. they gut services and, you know, then they're termed out yeah. with no accountability. Yeah. But then I also look at, you know, judges, for example, who are there for decades and decades and decades yeah. mm -hmm. or prosecutors or, you know, just numbers of numbers of people. Mm -hmm. So um, I do like the idea of uh, letting the people decide. So if a person runs and they get reelected, you know, then the people have decided. But I do believe we have to rein in uh, some of the campaign spending, mm -hmm. you know, maybe because I'm looking, you know, in your audience, for example, there may be people who want to run um, and they just don't feel they're equipped because they don't have a $100,000 mm -hmm. um, war chest that right. they've mm -hmm. developed. So if we could find a, a mechanism to even the playing field a little bit so that people can run and not, mm -hmm. you know, feel like they have to raise hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars for, you know, some of these local races. Right. I think we'd be much better off as a society and have fewer instances where people are the same folks in that seat for five, ten years. So my objective is to, um, they always say it takes a year or two to learn the job. Mm -hmm. So certainly I would imagine uh, two terms. But I feel like once you've learned, for example, on the school board, I've learned so much. Mm -hmm. I know people in our state who've been on the school board 30 years. Ooh. And I'm thinking, wow, <laughs> why aren't you running for state rep or right, state right. senator? I mean, yeah. you're what we need to hear from. But again, yeah. don't you want to aspire to be, yeah. do something? So I bigger. feel like folks should take what they've learned on the school board, run for another office, yep. use what they've learned, run for another office. Mm -hmm. um, so it is my objective to um, hold offices long term. Uh, different offices, but secondary to my career. Yeah. Um, my career, I definitely believe it is business management and ownership. I definitely wanted to to make that my thing um, while also leading. You also, off camera, you, you, you mentioned that you, that you are running as a Democrat, but you're, you're a disruptor. And you, you talked a little bit about uh, disrupting the what the Democratic Party, you don't always agree with the Democratic Party. Why don't you elaborate on that yeah. a little bit? So again, you know, we're so polarized in our society right now. Mm -hmm. um, I have always prided myself on being a very independent thinker. Um, and I, I can recall in the in my high school years telling my grandparents how um, one day I'm going to be a Republican, I used to say. And mm -hmm. They'd be like, not in this house. <laughs> so again, that's that cultural <coughs> space too. You know, they were not trying to hear that. But I, I always wanted to be open to the the the, pra the practice of not just being so close-minded. Mm -hmm. And so um, from then from then on, I've really been an independent and voted independently, thought independently, um, campaigned independently. And as school board members. Uh, we're actually nonpartisan, so that's been excellent. The last ten years, I haven't had to do the whole it's party. A good exercise, band. really. It's great. Yeah. I really feel like school boards should be the first uh, elected office people have because mm -hmm. it really helps you to get outside of that um, dichotomy of, mm -hmm. you know, Republican or yeah. Democrat. And so um, I am running as a Democrat. I, you know, you have to be pragmatic. I know in District 17. Um, in November, it's going to be very challenging for someone to win as a Republican in District 17. <laughs> so for me, um, August 4th is definitely the the mainstay. Um, I'm hoping to, you know, win bigly. <laughs> yeah, good. we hope so too. Um, and then, you know, from that, being able to build relationships across the aisle, because at that point, it becomes a matter of, like we talked about just a moment ago, mm -hmm. where you're going to eventually have to coalesce. Yep. And, and work together. Yep. So I think that that's going to make me stand out in November. Mm -hmm. um, 
because folks will know that, and that's why I mentioned I'm not a, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a disruptor because although my family has always been Democrats, they've always voted Democrat. Um, they just weren't the traditional um, meeting attender, you know, dim meetings yep. and party club meetings, but they were voting regularly and um, certainly engaged. And so for me to come and not be a party darling, mm -hmm. um, you know, it is a disruption for them. And it's a disruption that we faced in 16, you know, mm -hmm. there's, there's opportunities we missed there. Um, so I'm hoping 2020, we get, it, we get it right and that we're speaking to, to people who are willing to sure. work with folks. Any, any events coming up for Yolanda? Anything, any campaign events that people can know about that you want to let them do? Well, um, today's the first and the election is Tuesday, mm -hmm. the fourth. And so really my momentum is going to be Tuesday. Okay. Um, so we talk about the event. Um, this is the big dance mm -hmm. um, on Tuesday. So um, folks, uh, I'm, I'm looking for folks who might want to help at the polls. Sure. We're very, we're going to be very confidently doing social distancing so much mm -hmm. like Anthony just did you know you're kind of just yeah. holding the sign <laughs> yep. you're not running up to people passing yep. the literature like that you know in years yep. past um, so that's the main thrust and then um, I'm optimistic you know keeping my faith and hope that it'll be a win for me mm -hmm. um, you know and then of course we can celebrate on the 15th that your your event cool we could do that we yeah. could do that <laughs> is there anything we may have missed um, that you would like the viewers to know. We are, normally, this takes weeks before this goes out, so we are gonna get this in so that this is before the elections on Tuesday, the primary, uh, so we will get that out before, so whoever's watching this, you are seeing this before Tuesday. Yeah. Um, anything that we may have missed for the viewers to know, anything about Yolanda, history or forward? Thank you. Well, I first and foremost want to make sure folks know how to find me. So that's VoteYolanda.org. Okay. Pretty easy to um, put together the spellings right here for everyone. Um, also, I'm um, an open, you know, an open door type of person. So I actually have a um, cell phone dedicated to constituents. So that phone number is 248-385-2927. And then finally, I just really want to impress upon your viewers that um, the work that I've done on the Southfield Board of Education is very um, complex. Mm -hmm. It's decision making on the fly that affects, you know, families at the very grassroots. And so, the you know, to juxtapose myself and my competition, mm -hmm. um, we're we're not doing ribbon cuttings. You know, we're not worried about um, a sidewalk here and there. We're actually mm -hmm. looking at brass tacks, which I believe is our our young people. Um, their future and then the futures of their families. So if I can leave anything with the, the viewers and the listeners, mm -hmm. it's just simply that for the last 10 years, I've been focused on supporting families um, very diligently and data-driven. And so I just hope that folks will make their ways way to the polls and vote Yolanda uh, awesome. for District 17 Oakland County Commissioner. Awesome. Beautiful, beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us. It's, uh, it was a pleasure to speaking to you. You're a Thank very you. delightful person. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. It was a pleasure on my end as well. Cool. We'll look forward and we hopefully see you on the seat, whether Republican, Democrat. We now have a voice that we can chop it up with and Absolutely. hopefully make things right. So to the viewers, you guys heard it. Tuesday's the day. Uh, we've got uh, Yolanda. She's going to be on to make a difference into the 17th district. We thank you for uh, coming on. We also, I gotta thank Sally for pushing us. Um, Sally's her friend, um, she has worked with her, but she has also worked with others in the Cali community, but um, I thank you for pushing us to get it. It was a little difficult because of our time, but we're glad you had to have you on. Best of wishes from Anthony Toma, myself, and uh, Yolanda Charles on, uh, 
And uh, keep it up with the Chaldeans. We'll see you. And then don't forget, August 15th, she'll be out barbecuing with us. Rest in peace, Radio Show. <laughs> <laughs> see ya.